Podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad Podcast, where you join us at the table as we talk about the many questions of life. I'm Reese. And I'm David. And he's my dad, and we're going to jump in with the question of the day. Before we jump in, did you like my little, my like Barry Manilow voice? Or yeah, I like, it would be? I like the little uh, DJ FM, FM DJ voice there, you know, like you were spinning the wax for everybody or something. Well, the whole thing is, for some reason this week, my throat's just been really weird. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I might as well take advantage of it. Yeah. You know, you do the do the low range, get that low range going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the question of the day is this. What is something that you have randomly expensive tastes for? Um, gosh, I, I unfortunately have some randomly expensive taste in a lot of areas. Mm. Um, I guess my biggest one is kitchen stuff. Mm-hmm. I love kitchen gadgets. I love, uh, like if I'm gonna get a knife, I'm gonna get a knife, a nice knife. Now I didn't get the most expensive, uh, because I, I did, I think it was Cook's Illustrated recommended one that wasn't super expensive, so I got that. But I just got a rice cooker recently. Yeah, tell was, them about the rice cooker. It's it's like a really, really nice one from Japan. Imported from Japan. Yeah, and it's just because the one I had just wasn't, I just couldn't count on it anymore. Yeah. And I found one, that normally it was over $200, mm-hmm. which is stupid. I got it for under 200 and felt good. <laughs> but it was still like you a know like devastated. over 150, and yeah. and I was just like that's a lot of money on a rice cooker, um, right? Which is ironic because rice is like one of the cheapest foods it is you can get. It is I know, and you spend that much money on a, on a cooker, <laughs> and and so but I mean it is now I have full faith. I did 10 cups in it because it's a big one mm-hmm. uh, for a big event we did, and it came out perfect. It and did. so I just. I don't know. For me, things like that, if you know it's going to work and it's going to last, it's worth it. So so kitchen stuff is yeah. probably my biggest one. Mm-hmm. I would probably say for me, one of the biggest ones would be tea. Mm-hmm. Tea itself, I have randomly expensive taste for because I prefer loose leaf tea over bagged tea. Now, recently I've had to be doing bagged tea out of desperate times uh, just so I can get my tea fix. But... If I get my choice, I'm going to pick loose leaf tea every single time from a brand Upton Teas, which yeah. we've talked about before on we the have. podcast. But in case you're a new listener, go to Upton Teas. We got to make some kind of affiliate link to I know. be able if, to do if that. If Upton Tea is listening, please sponsor our podcast. We would love that. Yeah. But like, you know, long term, the tea is not super expensive. Yeah. But when you buy it all in one thing, you're buying like a pound of tea. So yeah. it's like. 50 bucks or whatever mm-hmm. and you know it does last you six months but still you're dropping 50 dollars on tea i know you know uh so that would be probably my big one um because i don't just get one kind of tea i want to yeah. get like no three. you have to get multiples right yeah. like the blue flower earl gray yep. and you got to get the irish breakfast and you got to get the lap saying and every yeah. once in a while you just want to branch out and get a fourth one yeah you try you get that other one that's kind of the, let me try this one let me try that one mm-hmm. um but yeah no it's true Tea is, is, but you know, coffee people are into their coffee. True. They get imported beans by Himalayan monks who, yeah. you know, spit on it. So, 
uh, they can't say much to us. No, it's true. Uh, probably the other thing for me would be shoes. Mm. Like I have this filter in me where like with most clothes, I don't want to spend that much money yeah. because I'm just going to wear it and it's going to go bad. Yeah. But with shoes, I don't care. It's like that filter's just gone. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's 140 bucks. Okay. Whereas like if I have to pay $80 for pants, yeah. I'm just devastated. <laughs> I'm just like, no, no. So th those are probably the ones for me. Okay, so we have been discussing um, what you have called the personal reboot, yeah. which is this whole system of being able to align with your priorities, being able to kind of really filter through the mess of life and, and decide what you want, how to get there. Now, that's kind of the overarching idea. But today, I really wanted us to stop on this topic and kind of go deeper into it, which is the idea of clutter. Mm. You know, a lot of us could probably say to ourselves, like, how did my life get so cluttered? And by that, I don't mean uh, just physical things, because mm -hmm. yes, physical clutter is a reality, yeah. but with our time, mm. like like when you're like, oh, I got nothing to do this weekend. And then you find out somehow your weekend is super busy anyway. Yeah, It's like there's six things that pop up at the last minute and this person that's coming in from town and that person that's over here. And then you realize you got to fix that thing. And, and so it all just kind of hits and it's like an endless cycle of that. Mm -hmm. And so we want to go into this idea of overload. What what would you describe overload as? Yeah, overload is where we load our lives up with so much that we, it's hard for us to really find peace. And I think what a lot of people do is they use the overload to kind of hide the fact that they don't have peace, mm. you know, that they can't relax, you know, that they don't, you know, what is, you know, kind of the big picture stuff. A lot of us don't think about big picture stuff. What's the purpose of my life? Why am I here? Mm -hmm. Things like that. So we don't want to think about that. So we just add more. So we feel important. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people, busyness makes them feel important. Mm. And and busyness is just busyness. Right. Now, we all go through seasons of busyness. And that's normal. But what you want to do is make sure your busyness fits with what you feel like your purpose is. But if you never think about your purpose, you never think about what brings me peace. Mm -hmm. You know, what does God want me to do with my life? You're never really going to find that peace. And so you just kind of load up, load up, load up just to feel good about yourself. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a very powerful concept because a lot of us do that today. Like our society's busier than ever. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic because we have technology to make things take less time. Yeah. You know, like if people used to have to wash their clothes by hand, well, we just throw in the washing machine. Yeah. You know, if people used to have to wash all their dishes, we have a dishwashing machine. Mm -hmm. We have all these things that have saved us time. And yet somehow we're more busy than we've ever been. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, people are less happy mm -hmm. uh, than they've been in the past. Yeah. I just heard a stat today. It blew my mind. It said that 18% of women and 13% of men in our country are on antidepressant drugs. That's almost one in five women. And, and that's just an amazing statistic. Mm. When you think about how many people are on antidepressants. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think overload is almost a way for us. It's not an antidepressant, but it's a way, like you said, for us to escape Mm -hmm. those feelings um yeah in a way we want to run away 
from any kind of uncomfortable sensation. Yeah. Um, we live in a culture that I would really define as pretty hedonistic in terms of mm-hmm. life's all about feeling as good as you can, as much as you can. Yeah. And it's about avoiding as much pain as possible. But the truth is there comes a moment like with the personal reboot mm-hmm. where you have to evaluate. And yeah. like you've said in the past, it's, it's mirror time. You're not judging yourself. You're not tearing yourself down, but you're just honestly evaluating. Okay. What am I doing that doesn't matter to me? Yeah. Or, or, you know, what am I saying or what is a way that I'm living that's not in line with my priorities? You know, it's it's an uncomfortable place, mm-hmm. but it's a good place to be. Well, a lot of people never evaluate because of the because of how they feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't like this part of my life or that part of my life. So I'm just not going to think about it. Right. Right. And I, I think that's true. So what are some questions you would give people? to help deal with the area of overload? Yeah, I think the first thing you have to look at is you have to get an honest picture of what am I doing? And what I mean by that is everybody needs to really sit down and say, what are my responsibilities? Right. What am I responsible for? What, you know, what job do I have? What personal commitments do I have? Am I married? Am I single? Do I, you know, do I have children? Mm -hmm. You need to really get a hold of what are my responsibilities. And what I mean by that is the things that, you know, only you can do that that are really important. Mm. And and we if we don't do that, we tend to add more and more. And the reason I say look at all your responsibilities, sometimes we have a lot of responsibilities. And a lot of it we don't need. Mm-hmm. We've just taken on and we don't realize, oh, I've been adding and adding and adding, but mm-hmm. I've not been dropping stuff. Mm-hmm. So instead of having six things I'm responsible for, I now have 10. Mm-hmm. I now have 15. I volunteered for this, but I have this job, but I took on this extra work. I have mm-hmm. a side hustle. You know, I've got kids, blah, blah, blah. And it just yeah. increases. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's when we look at it, honestly, a lot of times you're like, oh, no wonder I'm stressed out. Yeah, you gave a really good illustration about that to me in the past. You uh, used the example of a plate mm-hmm. and how you can only fit so much on the plate. Yeah. You can't just keep piling and piling stuff on. Eventually, you're going to get to a point where stuff's going to fall off. Yeah. And, and when you think about a plate, the thing I like about the plate illustration is I've seen people go to buffets mm-hmm. and they load up layer after layer on top. Right. Well, the problem is everything mixes. Mm. And, and it all kind of becomes flavorless. Right. It all kinds of melds together. And, and people say, well, it's going to, you know, all mix together in my stomach. Well, yeah, but you, you taste it before it goes down. Right. And I think for a lot of us, that's how we're eating life. We're just consuming, but we're not tasting. Mm. And we want to taste our life. We want to enjoy it. We want to, you know. Really experience it. Yeah, experience life. That's a good word. And so I think when you think, okay, I have a plate. You know, I have a place for everything, and and that's how much room I have. Therefore, if I want to add something, I've got to take something off. Right. And I love this question because a lot of times, like you said, we reach the place of being overwhelmed and stressed because we haven't thought this through. Yeah. We just haven't. Like, mm-hmm. uh, let's give an example of students since you gave an example of adults. Yeah. Like, if you, you know, do your normal classwork mm-hmm. and you just crank that out. And you're involved in a sport and you're involved on student council and you're involved at your church. 
Yeah. And you're involved with, you know, let's say this hobby that you love being involved with or, mm-hmm. or you're you're a big video game person and yeah. that's on your mind or you're a movie person and stuff and you try and fit all of that into every single day. Well, I mean, you're going to be busy, and, mm-hmm. which is ironic because you're yeah. you're in your student phase of life where you shouldn't necessarily have to be like life shouldn't be throwing that stuff at you 24 seven. Yeah. But a lot of times just because we don't filter it. We stay at this place of being busy no matter what phase of life we're in. Yeah, and we and we always live with that. Well, when things slow down, mm-hmm. and they're just not. They won't. We have to slow them down. That's that's really good. Say mm-hmm. that again, Dad. Say it. <laughs> say it for the people in the back. Yeah, yeah. Things aren't going to slow down. We have to slow them down. And I've heard people say it for years. Oh, when things slow down, we'll get together. Right. And those same people have never tried to get together. Yeah. Because life doesn't slow down. It just doesn't. No. And and a lot of it is on our choice. And that first comes from saying, what are we doing? Yeah. What are, our what are we doing? What would the next question be? I think the next question from what are we doing is, okay, what are my priorities? What are the things that I want to do that align with who I am as a person, what I feel like God has called me to do? Mm-hmm. You have to set your priorities. How important is family to me? How important right. is my work? How important is my relationships to other people? When you right. set those priorities along with your responsibilities, then you see, okay, what fits? Because you may have a responsibility that doesn't match up with your priorities. Mm -hmm. Even if it's something you enjoy, it may not be the best thing for you to do right now. Right. And so you can say, okay, I need to move this to the side because it doesn't match up with my priorities, but it's been a responsibility. Mm -hmm. So priorities help us say, okay, I have to say no to something. Right. And priorities give you permission to say no without feeling that guilt sometimes that we feel. Yeah, and I think a lot of people add stuff on for you or ask yeah. you to add stuff on yeah. because they don't see what what's on your schedule. Yeah. All they do is they see you and they're like, hey, can you help me out with this? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, we got this little league team. I know you used to play this sport in high school. Can, yeah. can you just go for it? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, sure, because you don't want to say no. And then, and then you're stuck with this thing that doesn't really matter to you. Or it's something, like you said, that you legitimately enjoy – it's just in this season of your life, because there's so yeah. much going on, it's going to have to take a back burner. Well, and that's where <clears throat> your priorities help you that when you make the decision, you feel good about it. Yeah. Like like coaching a little league. Mm-hmm. You may say, okay, my child's in it. I'm going to be around my child and their friends. Right. I can make a difference. That's part of my priority. So yes, I'm going to say yes to little league. Right. I'm going to say yes to coaching. Yes, it's going to add more to my plate. But it's part of my priorities. Mm-hmm. So there may be some other things you pull off right now because you say, well, my kids are young. Mm-hmm. So maybe my golf game's not going to be as good as it could be. Or I may play less video game. Right. You know, I may do whatever because right now that's more of my priority. So it's not a matter of you'll never be able to go back to whatever. Right. You just shift it depending on where you're at in life. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing when evaluating the overload of life mm-hmm. is Remembering what season you're in. Yeah. Because there's also the element of not only what are you doing, but how much time you're putting into something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, to give you an example uh, would be working out, right? Mm-hmm. Working out for me in college, I got to work out with friends and it was really one of our big hobbies that we did together. So like spending an hour or two at the gyms, whatever, Yeah. you know, like yeah. if you go for an hour and a half, that's pretty much what you're going to do every single time. 
because you're in college, yeah. right? It's you don't have that much else. Yeah. But like different. right now, mm-hmm. I'm exercising with uh, my wife on the way home. Yeah. So we go, we drop by the gym. She's kind of starting out and beginning her health journey. So we say, you know, 35, maybe 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And if I had not evaluated, I would have said, well, it's not what I used to do. Yeah. Or, you know, like I was involved in CrossFit. Like, well, it's not as intense as what I used to do. But in this season, I'm okay with it because I'm still being healthy. I'm yeah. still contributing to health, which matters to me. But I I don't have to dedicate an hour and a half to two hours yeah. to do it every day. Yeah. Right? So it's also asking questions like that. Yeah. And you figure out your priorities. Like for you, you're getting you're getting some physical conditioning, but you're also spending time with your wife and encouraging her in that. Right. And that's a priority because you're thinking long term with it. Right. And and so, you know, and the legitimacy of do we have to spend an hour and a half in the gym? No. Mm-mm. If you have the time and enjoy it, go for it. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those your priorities help you pick the right thing. Right. Right. Now, what would you say is kind of the final question that people need to ask themselves when it comes to all of this kind of fuzzy topic? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that happens is we have to look at the the area of how much is guilt driving what we do? Mm-hmm. Are we adding things to our life out of guilt? Or do they match up with our priorities? Right? You know, it's kind of that thing of, okay, somebody asked me to do this. This lines up with my priorities. Yes, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me to do this. It doesn't line up with my priorities. But if I say no, they're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. They're going to guilt trip me. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to make me feel bad. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we say yes, not based on priorities, responsibilities. We say it based on not wanting to tell someone no. Mm-hmm. Or them trying to manipulate us. Mm-hmm. Now, they may not do it intentionally, like they're not being mean, mm-hmm. but sometimes they are. And so we have to be willing to say, this just doesn't match up. Right. You know, now there's sometimes, yes, life gets crazy. Something happens at work. There's an emergency. Right. That's and they different. say, hey, we need you to come in. Yes, it is your family day or whatever. Yeah. Those things happen. Mm-hmm. And and when, you, when you're lined up, you can handle those easier. But if that's every weekend, if that's mm-hmm. every day of your life, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a college student and you're trying to do this, this and this, but then, you know, parents are saying, I need you to come home every weekend or you've got to be involved in this or if you don't do it, no one else will. You know, when people start saying things like that, that's that's really appealing to our guilt. And mm-hmm. what we have to do is say, OK, am I doing this because it's a priority or am I doing it just out of guilt? Yeah. And the truth is, if. If we aren't careful, we'll begin to think that way without anybody even putting that pressure on us. That's true. Because I think sometimes we jump to the conclusion that the person's going to be super disappointed with us if yeah. we say no. Yeah. And when you'll find when you actually say no, they're like, okay. And they just move on. Yeah. Like that happens a lot. It does. Like people will legitimately just respect your boundaries, but you don't yeah. expect them to. Yeah. So yeah. you compromise before even knowing what they think. <laughs> well, and I think for some people, it's learning how to say no graciously. Exactly. To say, man, I'd love to do that. But right now, with my can't. schedule yep. and everything, I just can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. I think that's true. I think the other thing is, and this is a story from my life that I think will help put this on on wheels or on mm-hmm. legs or whatever. The correct way of saying that would be, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> um 
But our church has recently gone through a transition in staffing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, a couple of our people were either, you know, moving on to different jobs or moving. And so I was in a place where I was just assuming to myself, all right, I'm going to have to step up. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we're going to have a few less people. So I'm going to need to take on these roles. I'm going to make sure that this gets planned and that gets planned. And I had a friend come up to me who was actually one of the people who was about to leave. And she was just like, Reese, you don't have to do all of these other things. No one's asking you to. And frankly, if you do these things, it will enable a culture of overwork on accident. Mm, That's true. Right? Like if you just pick them up and do them, then nobody's going to be like, well, we need to hire somebody to do that because you're going to do it and you're going to try and do it great. You know? And so you just are enabling you to just keep going. And I was like, oof, because I was just assuming without even anybody putting any pressure on me. Yeah. Like my pastor wasn't telling me to do that. Yeah. My coworkers weren't telling me to do that. Nobody was telling me to do that. I just assumed I needed to step up and that I was going to have to do X, Y, and Z. It's true. When really I didn't. Yeah. We do that to ourselves a lot. So we, we do have to ask ourselves, is there guilt mm-hmm. that is driving us to add stuff on that doesn't matter to us? Yeah. You know, so I think that's a very good question. So just remember those four questions, y'all, um, and keep those in mind. And if you want, you can download the personal reboot. That's right. Tell them where they can find it. Uh, you can find the personal reboot at theconfidentman.me. Uh, That's where I put it for uh, my podcast and all the men's things that I do. But like we said last week, you can do it individually or you can do it as a couple. The reboot can work for male or female. um, And Reese and Emma did it as a couple. And so you can do it that way. But it's at theconfidentman.me. Right. I mean, it's the reason we're working out together right now. Yep. Honestly. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into some of the questions that we have for today. The first one is this. Who would you recommend to help me with a personal evaluation? Yeah, I think with a personal evaluation, you want to find, well, there's a couple things. One, it would be who's already involved in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if you're married, you have your spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have close friends, whether you're married or not, one of them could be the person yeah. Um, and then sometimes you may want to go outside your personal sphere, because here's the deal. If you ask somebody who's close to you to give you an evaluation, yeah, you want to give them permission to give you an evaluation without blowback. That's so important. And that's the thing that we have to be careful. Like if you tell your spouse, hey, tell me the truth and they tell you the truth. And then you beat them up for it, (laughs) you know, emotionally, then they're never going to do that again. Right. Like if they say something you don't like, so you immediately attack them. Yeah. You attack them and say, well, what about you in this area? Well, then you just asked for a fight. That's what you asked for. Right. So even your best friend, you know, what you want to do is make sure you can handle it Mm -hmm. when you ask the people. That's why sometimes it's good to get that third party who doesn't have a vested interest in the relationship with you. Right. That's true. Who can say, oh, you stink at this. And right. and like if you're paying them to evaluate you, you're going to listen. Mm-hmm. That's where trainers, coaches. Cons- all, con- consults and consultations. Yeah, consultations. Even even therapists, counselors. There's there's people out there you can get who can help you. And, and the key is you got to be honest with them. 
mm-hmm. and you got to let them be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Now, you can do it with friends if you can handle that or someone who's very close to you. Um, but you want to be careful that you don't use that as a whip back at those people. Yeah. No, I think that's very, very true. Um, in fact, you know, maybe it's good to find some kind of mentor figure. Like if you're on, yeah. a, on a university campus and there's a professor that's just really awesome, as yeah. you would say, sharp. You know, you could go over to them and ask them for some kind yeah. of evaluation. And you'll have to give them the facts, obviously. Same thing like if there's someone in your church who's older mm-hmm. and everyone just knows them to be really what I would do is I would look and say, who are people in my world that are the kind of people I would like to be? Yeah. Who yeah. Who's the kind of person I would like to become as mm-hmm. I get older mm-hmm. and ask those people because they've yeah. already lived the life to be able to tell you, well, you doing this is kind of random, you know? Yeah. And, and it's good that like if you do something like that and you meet with somebody, go with questions and things ready. Yep. Don't just yep. go there and expect them to do all the work. Mm-hmm. They're the mentor. You're the mentee. So it's your job to put them in a place to mentor you. And you do that by asking questions and and going in like saying, hey, I want to do this or do that. And then help them help you. If you just go there and sit there and say, okay, give me wisdom. Yeah. Okay, that's not going to help. And they're going to get frustrated quick. Yeah. So you want to go prepared to say, okay, I need help in this area. Right. No, that's good. Okay, next question. It actually has to do with what you said about couples. Uh, It's a woman that said, I'm wanting to do the reboot with my husband, but he doesn't seem to care. What can I do? Yeah, you can't force somebody to do a reboot. Mm -mm. And and I wouldn't try because then that's going to come across as nagging. Yeah. Nobody likes nagging. Um, What what I would do is do the reboot yourself Mm -hmm. and then show him what it's doing in your life. Right. Because what happens a lot of times is we try to force either our spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, someone we're close to, to kind of go through a journey with us. Mm-hmm. And they may not be ready for that journey. So if you try to drag them, they're going to feel forced to do it. Right. And so the best thing to do is just do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't beat them up with it. You know, don't, oh, look what I'm doing. Oh, you suck at life. I'm good at life. You know, <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to be that person. But just show them your life and then make it where they want to. Hey, you know, you've made a lot of good changes. Mm -hmm. But if you guilt trip and manipulate, then you're going to have to guilt trip and manipulate the whole time. Right. And and nobody wants that in a relationship. Yeah. You can't force your spouse or, you know, someone close to you to change. They've got to want to do it. And the best way to do it is for you to make those changes, to live the life in front of them. And then that makes them kind of hungry for it. Yeah, it's the difference between inspiration and manipulation. Yeah. When it's inspiration, they want to choose to do it because they're feeling inspired. When it's manipulation, you're forcing them to do it because it lines up with your personal agenda. Yeah. And that's not love. And you have to be careful that you don't kind of go with that at, uh, uh, what's the word, the behind the scenes where you kind of drop hints on them. Right. You know, uh, so you're like, oh, well, this is because I did the reboot. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm making positive changes in my life. Okay, right. that again, that's manipulation. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, you want to just do it and let them ask you the questions. Right. And the one time I would say it would be slightly different is if they're the kind of person that doesn't, like they want to make those changes, 
but they don't know how to take their first step. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. If it's like you're helping them do what they already want to do. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing it for them, it doesn't fit. Yeah. Or you can even, hey, let's do this. Would you be interested in doing this together? And if they say no, then you, okay, well, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And and you don't do it as in I'm better than you. You just, okay. And you just move on. Yeah. You know, let them be an adult and then let them come to you with it next. Yeah, I think you're right. Final question is one that's actually just a chill, fun one. So it's this. What has been some of your favorite music you've been listening to lately? Okay. Um, I actually just talked to your sister the other day about this. There's a group. It's a K-pop group. Yes, I listen to K-pop as a 55-year-old man, but I enjoy <laughs> it. It's a group called New Jeans. Yeah. And they are a very different kind of K-pop group. Mm-hmm. And I find myself listening to their music a lot. Mm. Their music just has a different, it's not your normal mm-hmm. kind of K-pop feel. And, you know, I don't know. There's just something about it that appeals. I, I probably don't tell a lot of people that I yeah. listen to a, a group of, of teenage uh, Korean girls. Um, I could seem kind of creepy, actually. Talented teenage Yeah, Korean. talented, very <laughs> talented. They are. And... and but uh, the the music is ju- whoever produces it just does a phenomenal job. So that's probably you know kind of the strangest where I'm like, that's just I just keep going back, mm-hmm. and they've only got like six songs out. Yeah. But I keep going back and listening to them. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's really cool. Now I did just come across something real quick. No, that's good. Medieval lo-fi music. What? Yeah. Medieval lo-fi. Medieval music. lo-fi. Somebody made a uh, TikTok about it, and I was like, "What is this?" And and then uh, Katie shared it with me. I looked it up on iTunes, and there's medieval lo-fi, and it's it's medieval music with like a lo-fi beat behind it. Oh. And I'm still I'm still playing around if I like it or not. I'm still kind of I don't know. Maybe if I'm in the right mood, um, I'd have to li- I'd have to listen to it. Yeah, it's like it's like good that. background music. You know, mm. you don't listen to it. You listen to it while you're doing other stuff. Yeah, is what it seems like. But yeah, I was like medieval lo-fi. Who thinks of that? Um, but it's a thing. Interesting. Yeah, I know. Like medieval music, it sounds very different than modern music because mm-hmm. like modern music is mostly in the major and the classic minor key. Yeah. But medieval music experiments with a lot of the other modes. Yeah. Which is like seven of them, and we usually only have two mm-hmm. that we that we work with. So I mean, it would be a different flavor. Yeah, of sound it is. for mm-hmm. sure. That's cool. I'm going to be honest. This may be boring, but I, don't, I haven't listened to much new stuff recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just haven't listened to much new stuff recently. <laughs> uh, I guess I, I really enjoy Calmed by Nature and their music stuff for the background yeah, of me yeah. doing stuff. I mean, I've done that for months. It's not really new, but uh, I really enjoy that. I enjoy the lo-fi hip-hop beats in the background of working. Mm-hmm. That's usually... When I listen to music, yeah. is in yeah. the background of me working to help me focus. Yeah. I'm not as much of a listen to a bunch of songs in the car all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm usually mm-hmm. more of a listen to like a podcast or an audiobook kind of a person. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that'd be my answer. I'm glad you had two answers because you kind of answered yeah, for both. Yeah, I kind of I kind of took care of both. Thank you, sir. But. Guys, if you have any questions for us, whether this is about the personal reboot or just anything going on in your life, we want to hear from you. Uh, you can message us on Instagram at the Hey Dad Podcast, or you can email us at questions at heydad.us. 
We'll see y'all in the next episode. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.